A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We had nobody we could um, rely on. Nobody we saw can you lend us 50 quid? Mm. No, nothing like that. You have to manage yourself Mm. and make ends meet. Meet my dad, Bob. He's in his late 70s. He's a retired English and drama teacher, and I owe him a lot. He taught me pretty much everything I know about money and shaped my attitude towards it. But is that the norm? Sadly, I learnt the most from the internet. Personal finance should be taught in schools. Your parents can't teach what they don't know. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's Consumer Editor. Next Sunday is Father's Day in the UK and elsewhere, and with the focus on our dads, we thought it would be a good opportunity to explore how our parents shape our ideas about money and how we manage it. I hear so often from volunteers on Flick, the FT's financial literacy and inclusion campaign, that they're into money because, air quotes, their dad taught them all about it. But is it always the dad? What about the mum? And has the internet replaced parents? You may not know it, but our early experiences of money really matter. Ten years ago, a Cambridge University study found that most children's financial habits are formed by the age of seven. Yeah, seven years old. So what good or bad financial influences might your parents or carers have had on you? And where else might we learn about money? How much of a role does self-education play in all of this? Well, we've got three experts here in the FT studio to unpick some of these questions. But before we meet them, I thought I'd go and have a chat with my own parents. Growing up, my mum, Sheila, was the expert on budgeting, but my dad, Bob, was the one who knew all about financial products. I asked them where they got their financial knowledge from. I think we started off with nothing. We, we did, uh, we started off with that. absolutely nothing. Because you were both war babies. Yeah, but we started off with nothing. Mm. We would buy a chicken and it would last us pretty well a week. Mm. Yeah, you told um, me that. You know... <laughs> Things had to last. So you just had to live on your means. Mm. And in those days, we didn't have a credit card. Mm. There may have been credit cards, but not for people like us. Mm. We didn't have a car. Um, We didn't didn't go away. Mm. And so... And do you think you learned those skills from... I suppose it would have been your mum more, because your dad was... In the Navy, so he wasn't yeah. there. Esther always, I mean, she had 
collection boxes in her house for different bills. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, she had those tins. She had tins mm. and uh, <coughs> the thrift tin. jam jars and mm. all sorts of things. And so she put money by. Mm. Um, you just were naturally careful, like crossing the road. Mm. Now, there's one family story about my grandparents which really brings that to light. In the 1950s, when my granddad was home on leave from the Navy, he liked to splash the cash, and they decided to go to the local pub, but my granddad hailed a taxi. And my mother thought this was dreadful, because we always used to walk. (laughs) And so she thought that to justify the taxi, she would go out with a limp. And so she went out with this limp, and she was limping and limping and limping. And when she got near the car the taxi driver rushed out and he had a genuine limp <laughs> and limped towards her to help. So she had to keep up this limp. I don't know what she did when she got there. She must have left the limp out of the car. But this was, you know, it was too much to get a taxi. Well, that story tells you all you need to know about my frugal grandmother, Esther. And some of that 1950s spirit has definitely filtered down to me. But are parents and grandparents going to have such a big influence on today's 20-somethings? Or will what they learn about money in school or online have more of an impact? Well, joining me in the FT studio to discuss is Amy Allen, director of Flick, the FT's financial literacy and inclusion campaign, of which I am a trustee. And on the line, Andrea and Jamie, the money-savvy millennial couple behind the Stocks and Savings account on Instagram and TikTok, providing mini financial lessons for young investors. Welcome all. Hiya. Hey, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're very excited to be here. Now, I'm going to ask you each in turn, Amy, then Andrea, then Jamie, where you get your money-savvy from in a sentence. Amy, where would it be for you? I think it would be from my mum, who... uh, in later life, had to transform her money skills. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I learned the most from her. Okay, and Andrea? A little bit from my parents, for sure. But I think, well, I may be a little biased, but I think the most I probably learned from the internet. <laughs> and how about you, Jamie? Yeah, I think similarly, any lessons on saving budgeting and frugality was learned from my parents, and then anything to do with investing was learned through the internet. And Andrea and Jamie, what would you say are the best and worst money habits that you've subconsciously picked up from your parents? So in my case, it would probably be to live below my means. Um, So I'm originally from Romania and my parents lived for most of their lives under uh, the communist rule. And there was a lot of poverty, there was rationing. um, So they've definitely... Uh, grew up thinking that they should live below their means and um, and they should always save for a rainy day. Um, so that is probably the best finan- the best financial lesson that I got from my parents. But the worst one would probably be the fact that they were overly cautious, and it's probably again because of uh, because of how they grew up under the communist rule. But uh, they never invested in stocks. They probably thought that. Um, buying a house is the best investment you can make, which is probably not the case if we think about it. Um, and yeah, just being overly risk averse. And I definitely was like that until like my early 20s when um, I discovered investing through uh, the power of the internet. Mm. Well, so Jamie and Andrea, when we first chatted, 
about doing this podcast, we each agreed to post a question for our followers on Instagram. And that question was, who taught you the most about money? Your dad, your mum, or the internet? Well, the votes have been counted of my followers, and I can reveal that 9% said their mum had taught them the most, 20% said their dad had taught them the most, and the rest, a whopping 71%, said they had learned the most from the internet. Does that chime with the results of your poll, Jamie? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we haven't been detailed enough to uh, go into percentages, but a whopping percentage did go for the internet above you know above mum or dad. Almost everyone that went for the internet. And Amy, is that what you were expecting? I mean, perhaps is the internet breaking down the taboo of talking about certain aspects of money at home? I think it certainly does um, combat the shame that some people feel around beginning to address their finances, especially if they've let things spiral out of control. I think we we all sort of start with a cursory Google when we've got a problem on our mind. Um, I think uh, there are so many great tools out there. Even if you check your credit rating, you're given a, a whole host of quite reliable advice on how to improve it. So I think the days of donning your smartest shirt to impress your bank manager uh, and having sort of to rely on human interaction for um, accessing financial products, that's over. So I think, yeah, I can understand why people are leaning more and more on the internet. Mm. And Andrea and Jamie, I would definitely say it's a generational thing. I mean, of my followers who I know well, well enough to spot their answers, I could tell it was the older ones who tended to say mum and dad and the younger ones who, who tended to say internet. I mean, do you think this is the way... It's, it's going to be now. I mean, probably. Again, I may be slightly biased, but um, we grew up with um, the internet and technology and smartphones. And as Amy said, if we have a problem or a question, we turn to Google. That's the first thing. Um, so I think it only makes sense to be, for it to be the same in the case of finance and um, financial education. Well, here are some of the most thought-provoking answers from our followers when we asked that question of who taught you the most about money, your mum, your dad, or the internet. My dad, who's Scottish. I have frugality hardwired into me with constant spending guilt. I'm occasionally thankful for that, though. My mum taught me how to budget, and now I teach her how to invest. Nice. Nobody taught me. I learned the hard way by making lots of mistakes. Age 18, I signed up for a store card with 35% interest rates. It took me two years to pay it off. My mum and dad taught me what not to do. Sadly, I learned the most from the internet. Personal finance should be taught in schools. Your parents can't teach what they don't know. Well, Amy, that last clip comes up time and time again, doesn't it? Why isn't there more emphasis on financial literacy and learning about money in schools? The feedback that we've had is that teachers don't teach it because they don't themselves feel confident um, in financial literacy. So when we're thinking about how we can design our work at Flick, we are really trying to make sure that we're furnishing teachers with really like an idiot's guide so that if they don't feel like they know the answers, we've given them the FAQs, we've given them all of the different um, possible things that could come up, particularly in this world with co- with crypto and all these new things that they perhaps don't intuitively understand themselves. So we're really hoping that we can give them a bulletproof guide to delivering this type of uh, learning in school. And the great thing is, is that the workshops we have done in schools, the kids have been massively interested in learning about crypto, investing, all of these things, which is 
a, a good thing, I think. But Andrea and Jamie, your experiences of the school system are much more recent than mine and Amy's. Did you get any financial education in school? And, and, and if so, what? Do you remember any of it? Um, so it's probably quite, it's quite an easy answer for me, and, and that's no. <laughs> um, there, there was no, I mean, there, there was no financial education um, at all. You know, the, the, I think the closest we got to that was a, uh, a math problem where three people were spending 10p on an apple or something like that. So <laughs> that, that's about as uh, financial as it got. And then, obviously, Andrea, I mean... Well, I was going to say, 10p for an apple, it's a bargain. Yeah, <laughs> Shows you the effects, <laughs> the effects of inflation on the school curriculum. But you created Stocks and Savings, the two of you, to share your journey of learning about investing in the stock market because there was never any mention of investing at school or when you were growing up. So this is why you created it. But is that experience, that lack of knowledge shared by most of your followers, would you say? Yes, I think we we find that um, a lot of people wish they had learned it in school instead of geometry, say, but um, that was definitely not the case. Um, And we are here to kind of bridge that knowledge gap. Um, I personally was always interested by money and that's probably of how I grew is and that's probably because of how I grew up. So I did study at a university and I ended up doing a master's in finance as well. Um, and I was taught all these optimal investment strategies that would kind of get you to the math- mathematically correct answer. But then four years after graduating now, I realized that personal finance and investing isn't really about the mathematical um, result or like the optimal result, result per se. It's about what makes sense for you as an individual, about what lets you sleep at night. And apart from our personal finance education on um, Instagram and our social media pages, we make sure to stress that point uh, whenever we get the chance. Because do you think some of your followers see investing as as a form of gambling? I mean, are they interested in coming at it from that point of view, making the most money that they can as quickly as possible? Or are they really into doing the best for their finances over the long term? So in terms of the followers that we get in, there's kind of like a really broad spectrum. But then what we find um, is that the longer these people follow us, and, and we kind of know it's from the interactions that we have, from the DMs that we get and the questions we get asked, they do tend to follow the similar approach to us in the end, which is to have that long-term mindset and to have mm. that view that, you know, in- investing is not gambling. It's, it's, it's gambling if you make it gambling, but long-term investing is the way forward. But what is also a fact is that if you invest for the short term, then you are quite likely to uh, lose money. So I guess we just want to want our followers to know all of this information and then make their own mind up about what is best for them, what time horizon, what investing strategy, what kind of risk appetite. And then in terms of the interaction that you have with your followers, are many of them misinformed, like either by stuff that their parents have told them or more likely by things that they found out elsewhere on the internet have you ever been able to turn around somebody's opinion about how risky something might be or how safe something might turn out to be 
I've personally had quite a few, <laughs> quite a few debate, debates with followers when it comes to Bitcoin, which is quite an interesting one. Mm. I, I, I won't, <laughs> I won't go too much into it. But long story short, I'm not a fan, and obviously, quite a lot of people are. Um, so, I think in turn, when it comes to stuff like that, but then this can be spread to broader finance. It, it's all about just being able to understand the risks, and so. You know, it's never a case of saying to someone, oh, no, you are wrong. This is the way to do something. And we know best. So, you know, just take what we say as gospel. You know, obviously, we don't believe that. And we're still learning. And we make it clear to everyone that we talk to that, hey, you know, we don't have all the answers. We're still learning. We will be for the next 20 years. But in our experience, this is what we've found works so far. And from, you know, if, if they're talking about investing in speculative companies, we can just kind of say, okay, you know, they might do well, but bear in mind all of these risks. So that, I guess that's just an example um, of, of how we would approach uh, those kind of things. And your approach is certainly very upfront about that, very educational, very obvious that you're both on a learning journey together. But what advice would you give to people who are turning to the internet, to social media for financial advice? What should they be wary of? Because there are a lot of malign influences out there. I think they should be aware of the fact that it is the internet and everyone can say anything. Um, obviously, we live in a world where there is a lot of misinformation and um, that can be applied to finance as well. Um, so I think I would encourage them to exercise uh, their common sense, to do their own research as well, where possible, um, and to try to find reputable sources. I think as well, when it comes to investing in particular, people should always be wary of anyone on the internet who speaks in absolutes. You know, I, I saw some TikTok, I don't know, six months ago or something, of a guy saying that Google have announced a stock split, so I'm buying shares because they're going to double in six months' time, um, which yeah, they haven't. But also, that's just something to be wary of when people talk in absolutes when it comes to investing, because that's never the case. I mean, we we try and always be open and honest about you know our wins, but also our failures. And I think that is quite important for anyone that you follow on social media to have that kind of openness. And actually be aware of of the interests that people might have. So for example, I think in the last year, there has been a flurry of um, ads from celebrities uh, endorsing all sorts of cryptos. And obviously there was, mm. were paid ads, but not always disclosed as such, whereas a lot of them have gone really quiet since all the crypto has crashed. So yeah, beware of conflicts of interests. Exactly. And obviously, the advice that you're giving on your channel is about general tips, how to run your finances, how to understand how the stock market works, how to understand tax, rather than advice to invest in a particular thing, which, of course, if you were saying invest in this, invest in that, then the financial regulator would have would have something to say about it. But Amy, through the work that Flick is doing in schools, you're very aware that financial influences on social media are having an outsized influence on students. I mean, this can be a curse and a blessing. I think that 
I would really urge young people to just be so wary of hype and urgency. Um, I think people who are, um, you know, telling people to jump onto something really quickly, uh, I think it goes across the board. It goes for sort of, you know, when you're worried whether something might be fraud as well, just really urge people to be slow and mindful in these steps. Um, I think that the problem with some of the social media influencers is where they sit. They sit alongside a highlight reel of uh, other people's lives. And I think it can be really hard for young people uh, when they're looking, say, on Instagram and they're seeing very fancy consumerist lifestyles being flaunted without really any displaying of any of the, the measures that you need to take to get them. It can be really hard not to feel the lure of a get-rich-quick scheme that's being hyped by somebody who seems like they have all of the things that you might like. Uh, I think it is really tough. When we're working with influencers online, we're, we're trying so hard to be really, really careful to vet them and to look for reliable voices who are teaching those good critical research skills that Andrea mentioned to help people sort of sift the wheat from the chaff and make sure that they're listening to the right people. And Andrea and Jamie, I mean, you can assume that most parents would have their child's best interests at heart when it comes to passing down financial information and knowledge. But how can you tell if an online influencer does? I guess that's exactly it. You, you know, you can't in at first glance. I think, um, you know, I, th I think as you mentioned about, um, you know, the, these flashy influencers, you do see, you know, some viral TikToks of some guy walking around a mansion that he bought thanks to his Dogecoin that, you know, then wants to go and say, everyone put their money in this, this cryptocurrency. I think that when it seems so unrealistic, when it seems like someone's gone from, you know, zero to a hundred in a blink of an eye, that's when you can tell that there's something not quite right. And these people are unlikely to have your best interests at heart. Yes, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Now, finally, when it comes to money, what do you think you should pass on to your children? Or to turn the question around, what shouldn't you pass on to them? Now, Amy, you're a mum, so I'm going to ask you this first. Um, I think what I would like my daughter to build up and always have is what I will call politely here a leave somewhere very quickly fund um, <laughs> which is quite I think it's quite a well-known article um but the uh, f off fund yes. yes yes that one um and I think really with that comes absolute freedom so to be able to have your basic expenses covered for a while and that means that no boss no partner um no city can really grind you down um, and that you should be able to always leave with your head held high and to be able to at least manage for a little while while you find find out what you're going to do next. So that would be my advice to her. Something that I would pass on to my children is probably the importance of having enough and of determining what is enough for them. So many people in this world are in constant search for more, uh, to accumulate more wealth, more money, more possessions but they don't really know where to stop and I think that can lead to a lot of unhappiness. I can relate to that and Jamie finally which is the the tip that you would pass on? I think it's very easy to just be drawn into a crowd or to just you know buy 
the various luxuries that you don't necessarily need just because you almost feel this kind of pressure that you have to. But I think one of the most important things that anyone can do is to think about what really matters to them and kind of have their money and their budget set aside accordingly. Well, a huge thanks to our experts this week, Amy Allen from Flick and Andrea and Jamie from Stocks and Savings. Thanks for having us. Okay, thanks for having us. And I think we can conclude that whoever taught you the most about money, your dad, your mum or the internet, the most important takeaway is to keep learning about money investing throughout your adult life. And if you haven't posted your dad a Father's Day card yet, don't worry, you've still got a few days left to do it. That's it for Money Clinic this week, and we hope you like what you've heard. If you did, spread the word and leave us a review. And if you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show, get in touch. You can email me, our address is money at ft.com, or DM me on Twitter, Instagram or TikTok. I'm at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced by Persis Love and Philippa Goodrich. Our executive producer is Manuela Saragossa, our sound engineer is Breen Turner, and the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.